Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I sometimes refer to myself or others as an FOC, which means a follower of Christ. And just to go a little bit deeper, it means that I strive to live daily by the Holy Ghost teaching of the scriptures and not by man's doctrine. So if you are a babe in Christ or you've lost your way and you want to come back to the Father or maybe you're not a Christian at all but you feel empty on the inside everything that you've tried in this world just hasn't been working if that's you then you are in the right place I pray that God uses me as a vessel to lead you to Jesus Christ. Amen. The story of Joseph is one of my favorite stories found in the Bible. His story is told in the book of Genesis starting from chapter 37 all the way to chapter 50. Joseph was the 11th child of 12 sons of a wealthy man named Jacob with his second wife, Rachel. The scriptures tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons and this was because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him and this was a sign and expression of how much he loved Joseph. In a previous episode called Change My Name we discuss who Jacob was and how his name was changed from Jacob to Israel, meaning God prevails after he wrestled with God. The story of Jacob begins in Genesis chapters 25 verse 19. So if you want, you can take the time and read it for yourself. Now this episode is going to be a little bit different. I really want you to get the idea and really have a full understanding of Joseph's story. There are many lessons that can be found in this story. 
So in this episode, I am going to walk you through the entire story, only pulling out the key pieces that I think is going to bring this episode full circle. We're going to discuss what happened when God gives you a promise. Waiting on the Lord, false accusation, attitude, having an attitude of gratitude when going through trials, and forgiveness to those that have wronged us. But I pray that you take the time and read this story for yourself and get your own revelation by the Holy Spirit. Now let's discuss the promise. Jacob lived in the land of Canaan with his family. Joseph, his 11th son with his second wife Rachel, was his favorite son, which he expressed by gifting him an ornate robe. And this was an extravagant robe that he gave him. Genesis chapter 37 verse 4 says this. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. When Joseph was 17 years old, he had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Genesis 37 verses six through eight read. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. While your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Now Joseph had another dream shortly after, and this can be found in Genesis 37 verses nine to 10. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, what can we learn from this story so far? 
one of the things that I understood about this story was that Joseph was a little foolish to share his dream with his family for two reasons. Matthew chapters 10 verse 36 tells us, a man's enemy will be the members of his own household. We see here that his brothers were driven by jealousy and they hated Joseph. So much so that they eventually plot for his murder. Proverbs chapter 6 verses 34 reads, For jealousy makes a furious, makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. Oftentimes, when God gives us a promise or share a vision with you, you must keep it to yourself. This is a hard thing to do, especially for me. But we must learn to be silent and speak only after we have been led by the Holy Spirit to do so. Because sometimes by sharing your dream, it kindles jealousy in others, in their hearts. And it may not be something that they are willing to admit to themselves or to you. Because the Bible says, a man doesn't know his own heart. Only God knows our heart. Proverbs 17 verse 28 reads, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. This is the power of silence power of keeping quiet. Proverbs chapters 18 verses 6 to 7 reads, A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. Now, I just want to add one more thing. If you notice that Joseph had two dreams that meant the same thing. When God speaks, he oftentimes will repeat it two or more times. This is one of the ways that I know when he is speaking to me. Sometimes it can be something that you already sense in your spirit. 
that he's trying to tell you. And through conversation or your just your daily duties or watching TV, listening to the radio or listening to a sermon, you get confirmation from someone else that confirms what you already since felt like he was telling you. So be wise, my brothers and sisters, when God makes you a promise. Seek him on your next step and stay in silence. Shh. Now, as we read on, we learn in Genesis 37, verse 12, that reads that Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brothers who were feeding their father's flock in the fields. Joseph had to go to a place called Dothan where he found his brothers. The Bible tells us in, as he was walking towards them, they said in Genesis 37 verse 19, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Verses 23 reads, So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. And after much deliberation among the brothers, mostly because one of his brothers, Reuben, was trying to find a way to save Joseph's life, but he was afraid to stand up to his brothers. But they came to the conclusion in verse 28 that reads, So when the Midianite merchant came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelite who took him to Egypt. The value of a shekel depends on weight of currency. So it's light and heavy. And type of currency, which is usually gold or silver. One shekel is equivalent to about 32 cents to $9.60. So Joseph was sold anywhere between $6.40 to $192 in total. Genesis 37 verses 31 to 33 reads, Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, 
and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. Jacob, of course, he recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. In verse 34, the Bible tells us that Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. Tearing of the clothes was a common practice found throughout the Bible that is the primary way people express their grief. Back in those days, clothing was a, a very valuable commodity which took time to make and was very expensive. For that reason, people often had very limited wardrobe. So to tear one's clothing, it showed just how upset they felt, which most often led them to have to wear sackcloth afterwards. It was an uncomfortable, coarse and scratchy material to have to wear. Throughout the entire Bible, we can read examples of people wearing sackcloth in times of grief. Joseph had a dream, but he did not anticipate this happening, that he would be sold as a slave to an Ishmaelite for 20 shekels by the hands of his own brothers. Sometimes, Things don't look like what God had promised. Your situation may look grim. You may say, Lord, I know that you promised me this, but what I see in front of me is nothing like what you promised. Imagine what Joseph felt being sold into slavery when he had been promised to be a ruler. Just remember this, my brothers and sisters. Remember to trust God and know that he has it all under control. So no matter what your situation may look like, trust in the Lord with all your heart and know that he's working all things for the good of those that love him Isaiah chapters 40 verses 31 reads, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. So hold on. 
It may not look like what you would promise, but you better believe it's coming. In Jesus' name. Joseph was taken to Egypt and sold to an Egyptian one of Pharaoh's official, the captain of the guard, whose name was Potiphar. Now the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything that he did. And just like you, my brothers and sisters, the Lord is with you in everything. He will never forsake you. Deuteronomy chapters 31 verses 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you're going through, remember that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, because God was with Joseph, he found favor in the eyes of Potiphar. And scriptures tells us that Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything he owned. Genesis chapters 39 verses 5 to 6 read, From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. In the next section, we are introduced to Potiphar's wife. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a handsome fellow. And after a while, the wife took notice and said to Joseph, come to bed with me. But Joseph being a man of God refused. Genesis chapters 39 verses 10 reads, And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. We see here that she was harassing him every day. Oftentimes, people that don't get their way become angry and they want to harm you instead for not getting their way. Verses 11 and 12 reads, One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. 
because she could not get her way, verses 16 and 18 tells us, she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story, that Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When Potiphar heard what his wife had to say, he was angry and he put Joseph in prison. Joseph was falsely accused for something he did not do or deserve. One of the things I like is how the Bible never really focuses about his complaining and how unfairly he had been treated or tried to defend himself against the false accusations. It's not easy, but when we're going through trials, we need to try to remember that God is in complete control. Genesis 39 verses 21 to 22 reads, And the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison guard. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. I love that part. The Lord was with him. Hallelujah. May the Lord be with you, brothers and sisters. And remember that he will never leave you, never forsake you, no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your walk with him. He's always there to give you comfort, encouragement, to show you favor in all that you do. James chapters 1 verses 2 to 3 reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How well do you handle trials, my brothers and sisters? Joseph had an upright attitude, and it is something that we all must try to practice in our lives. He did everything with care and had success in whatever he did. How many of us would have already given up on God's promise on our lives? I think after being put in prison, I would have had my doubts. But count it all joy when we are placed in fiery situations. Now sometime later, Genesis 40 verses two to three reads, 
Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. One night, both the cupbearer and the chief baker had a dream on the same night. They were both sad because they did not have anyone to interpret the dream. When Joseph found out what was wrong, he told them that only God can interpret and asked them to tell him the dream. The chief cupbearer told Joseph about his dream and Joseph gave him the interpretation according to what God had revealed to him. Genesis chapters 40 verses 13 to 14 read. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position and you will be put and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Once the cupbearer was restored to his position, the Bible tells us that he forgot all about Joseph. Two full years had passed when Pharaoh himself had a dream that no one could interpret. At that moment, the cupbearer remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh of a man that interpreted his dreams two years ago that came true just as he had said. May someone in the glory of God. May someone whispers your name in the ears of someone that can help restore you to God's promise in your life. Amen. Pharaoh sent for Joseph to interpret the dream. After listening to the dream, God gave Joseph the interpretation for the dream and divine strategy. The dream was interpreted as a, an upcoming seven year of great abundance on the land, followed by seven years of great famine in all of the lands. Genesis 41 verses 33 to 40 reads. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance they should collect all the food of these good years 
that are coming and store up the grains under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh to, and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we found anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. Hallelujah. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with reject to the throne will I be greater than you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When we look back, Joseph had been 17 years old when he had that dream. The promise that God had on his life to one day be a ruler. But his dream then manifest immediately after he had that dream. Instead, he was almost killed. He was sold to slavery. He was falsely accused. And then he was thrown into prison. But at age 30, at 30 years old, Joseph was restored to exactly what God had promised him. It took 13 years. Do not be dismayed, beloved. Don't be discouraged. Wait on the Lord. He is working everything for your good according to his purpose. So if he promised you something, if he gave you a vision of something to come, believe it and walk in that truth and know that what he said will come to pass. Joseph had to wait 13 years before he can walk in that promise. Are you willing to wait on the Lord? All the things that Joseph was going through may not seem that it would ever come true, but God was working in the background, making sure that all things led up to this very moment. So Joseph took charge of the whole land of Egypt. And after the seven years of great abundance, 
that seven years of famine had begun all over the land. But Egypt had food all due to the preparation that Joseph took during the seven years prior. As the famine spread all throughout the land in Canaan, people from all over started to come to Egypt to buy grains for food. Jacob, Joseph's father, sent Joseph's brothers to Egypt to buy grain for their household. But when they arrived, they did not notice Joseph. But Joseph recognized them. Genesis 42 verses 6 to 7 reads, Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grains to all its people. So when Joseph's brother arrived, they bowed down to him. You hear that? They bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Now the Bible goes on to tell us that Joseph gave them a little bit of a hard time. In Genesis 42, verses 21 reads, they said to one another, this is key, they said to one another, after Joseph had given them such a hard time, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come on us. When we face people that have wronged us, remember that although someone may be doing you wrong, God can use that same situation to help do a work in them. That has been a lesson for me, definitely. Because I'm not more righteous than someone else. We can get so caught up and focused on the wrong of others that we forget that we too have wrong within ourselves that God is also working on. So this part spoke volume for me because it showed remorse, it showed regret. And that showed me that God had been working on their hearts also during that 13 years. 
oftentimes we don't see what God is doing in the background. But trust that he has a purpose and that all things work for the good of those that love him according to his purpose. The children of Jacob or Israel are God's people. Although Joseph was the chosen one, which meant that he had to suffer for 13 years, all that God promised in his life came to fruition at the opportune time given by God. And at the same time, while God was doing the work in Joseph, while he was going through prison, I'm sure God was working with him and strengthening him and building his trust in him. As God was doing a work in him, he was also working on the brother's heart. He was removing that jealousy. He was removing that hatred, that strife that they had in them, that killing spirit that was inside of them. God is the potter of our hearts. He molds us. There are so many things that are in our hearts that we are not even aware of. And he will use a situation where you may have wronged someone, but that same situation is what starts to work, do a work in you. And as we get to the conclusion of this story in Genesis chapters 45 verses 4 to 11 reads, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold in Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for, telling, for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. For two years now, there have been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Hallelujah. So then it was not you. <laughs> it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph say. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me you, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, and your herd, and all you have. I will provide for you there.
because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Glory to God. We don't know what God is doing in the background. There's always a purpose and why we must go through certain situations. And we see here that God was the one that allowed all of this to take place because this was the process that Joseph had to go through. This was the process that had to take place in order for the promise to come true, in order for Joseph to walk in that promise to be a ruler, all to save his family, all to save God's people in this time of famine. Hallelujah. And one of the most important things, forgiveness. Forgiveness, true forgiveness. Let's focus here on the aspect of the story as a beautiful example of forgiveness. Joseph's brother are guilty of kidnapping, enslavement, attempted murder but in this moment in this verse that we just read the bible let us know that they have been totally forgiven is this the example we are to follow Joseph modeling the correct practice of always forgiving and not punishing crimes. And the best part is when you can see the full story. Joseph understood that he was sent forth. He was sent ahead so that he can save them. Hallelujah. Are you the Joseph in your family? Are you going through trials? Let's follow Joseph's example. Let's keep focus on God. Do the best that we can in every situation and remember that we are never alone. God never leaves us nor forsake us. But if you are not walking with the Lord right now and you say, Lord, I want to be like Joseph. I want to have an attitude of gratitude. I want you to be with me in every situation that I'm in and I 
want to believe and trust in the promises that you have given me, God. All those situations don't look like what it seems. I will trust in you. Give me a heart of forgiveness, oh God. If you're asking to have a stronger walk with God and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son and I believe that he died for my sin and that he was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven and is alive today. I choose to follow, obey, and accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, I pray that this message blessed you as it has blessed me. Until next time.